Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month, taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees, we're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez Brownlee. And I'm Andrew Manganelli. And this week was definitely dominated by a few announcements, a few tech announcements. Despite everything that's going on, they are still happening. So we're going to talk in depth about those. But for now, just a little background again, we are still in quarantine. We're still Mm -hmm. recording in separate locations, a bit of a different setup this time. So again, it's going to sound a little different. But first of all, how you doing? How you holding up? And what's your uh, setup like? I'm doing good. I'm pretty much using almost the exact same setup. Um, little things I noticed last time is I'm a moron and I used open back headphones, which like, I don't think Ooh. you can hear it. So like you very, even though we tried to test it beforehand, you could very slightly hear you talking on like my track. So I went through the whole thing and like any part where it was really bad, I just cut your track off. Um, yeah. And I don't think anyone really noticed it. So this time I'm just using some earbuds and I'm actually monitoring myself through the microphone. I don't know why I didn't do that last time. Um, nice. Which makes it feel more like, because when we normally record, we're wearing headphones and we're monitoring ourselves so we don't know if, we, or we know if we're going like crazy high peaking or anything like that. So this definitely feels more legit. But other than that, same thing. I hung a blanket over some to kind of close myself talking. off a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you changed a bit though because... I think we had the Yeti gain up a little too high last time. and It was crazy high. I was peaking. It was all over the place. This it time, was... new setup. I am in the podcast room, actually, in the new studio space, which, as I've mentioned before, is like one of the first rooms that I think is fully shoot ready, and we'll talk more about the space later. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the table's in here. I have the mic in here. I have, it's, this isn't the, the, uh, the typical studio mic, but this is the video mic, actually, the 633 yeah. shotgun. Got some... Some foam on the floor. Got some well, s- some blankets. Four sixteen shotgun, right in the six thirty three mixer. Oh, sorry, I yeah. probably said the wrong numbers wrong. Yes, um, and then yeah, I'm just uh, we're we're keeping a pretty low profile. There's still going to be a bunch of stuff added to this room, but I am officially in the podcast room, which is pretty sweet to be able to say. I, so, I can honestly say good. I'm extremely jealous that I don't get to break it in with you, but uh, but we'll Soon. we'll break it in when it's fully fully equipped. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, we want. I mean. I guess there's there's a whole bunch of behind the scenes, but you want to talk about some of the stuff you've been doing that I guess stay sane since last time. It was two it, weeks ago that we last recorded. Yeah, I feel like I have way more to say about this because you've been moving a lot and I'm just, I'm here not doing that's much. How so I've, I like, just to get it off the top, that's how I've been staying yeah. sane is I've been moving back and forth furniture from the third floor to the first floor. I'm going to estimate I've made about 300 elevator trips in the last two weeks, which is pretty incredible yeah. uh and just moving stuff back and forth but now uh, officially we've shot i've shot the first video in the yeah. studio which means cool there's enough there yeah to actually use it but what have you been up to yeah um i mean a lot of the same stuff i i listed off last time um i i cook like every day i love cooking so like this has actually been a ton of fun in that sense but you can only eat three meals a day before you feel terrible about yourself um so, uh, but I do have a kind of potential pro tip for some people. 
my sister-in-law, she's a reporter in Nebraska, and she did a piece on meatpacking plants and kind of how the virus is affecting all of that. And so it goes pretty in-depth, but at the end, they talk about how restaurants aren't purchasing high-quality cuts of beef, like filet mignon, ribeye, like uh, prime rib, stuff like that. So this is the time you could potentially be seeing it at your your grocery store at like a hugely discounted price, even though stuff like uh, like ground beef is really sought after right now and possibly going higher in price. I mean, ribeye is like my favorite cut of meat. So seems nice. like a pretty perfect time to, to try and perfect your steak cooking methods because you have plenty of time and potentially cheap meat. So keep an eye there out. There you go. Potential pro tip. I'm, I'll, I'll link the, the article in the show notes. But uh, other than that, video games and so we walk every day like except when it's raining but it's been super nice out lately uh claire and i are getting bored of where we're walking and like they just shut down all the new jersey state parks so our new goal we just decided is on my watch i've been testing this gps feature where it like maps out where you're going so we're going to start drawing pictures with by walking so that's okay that's sick you I gotta tweet those pretty, when you do them. Yeah, I'll tweet them or we'll put them on the waveform Instagram since we don't have a ton of stuff putting up there now because we're not doing too much. Um, but how is Mac holding up? I gotta ask. Exhausted every day. Oh, he's nice. just okay, like good. he's so happy because he just goes on a walk. We did, we've done five mile walks like multiple times in the last week. So he goes on a walk, he comes home, he eats, and then he's just lights out, lights out nice. for like the rest of the night. So he's pretty pumped. Uh, he said he misses the studio. He said he misses you. So uh, nice. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get it all back. So I mentioned earlier that the we just have started shooting video in the new studio. It a lot of the stuff. It's kind of funny. I've moved a lot of stuff, so there's a lot of parallels of things I've literally just picked up from upstairs, brought mm-hmm. down, and put like where you'd expect in the new studio. But since there's some differences in rooms and the landscape is a bit different, uh, I've just been messing with placement of things and. Basically, it's shoot ready, but I'd be curious if you like watch that that first video, that OnePlus 8 Pro review, how much of it you recognize from like different spaces we've set up and, and what you think it looks like right now. I mean, I don't really know how much you've set up in there. The last time I was there, we had like the podcast room kind of set up. Um, I put all the flooring down. And then other than that, it was just like the pool table and there was a room filled with stuff. So... The first thing I noticed is by almost not noticing anything, which was that you did top-down stuff and it looked exactly the same. So I know that's in a totally different room and yeah. you're starting to do pot- or top-down stuff elsewhere, which is just kind of proof that it's all in, in how the setup is and that it doesn't matter what room you're in and you've just changed it and it still looks exactly the same, which is which is pretty neat. But other than that, I yeah, I was just kind of looking around trying to, to see which maybe like <laughs> corner or... I really like the new windows and I like all the like the metal accents we have on on some of the posts around there. Same. Yeah. No, there's a lot of good stuff. So a, a lot of it really is just going to be like stuff you notice in the background of videos. Yeah. So before we talk about the phone, you can you can just look in the background of each shot and see like, oh, that's the pool table or that's that new carpet or that's that new gray wall uh, mm-hmm. studio room. Uh, a lot of the stuff uh, you won't you won't actually see it yet. You just kind of see it in the background and sort of notice it. But I did do that that one studio moving vlog, and I think we sh- we'll probably have another one coming up in the next couple of weeks as we do some more interesting stuff besides just moving things into there. Yeah. One of them that I think is really interesting is potentially wrapping 
one of the walls. Okay. So you already yeah, know you can paint you can paint the wall, and we have a room with like gray paint on the walls now, and you can do decals on the doors, and we've done that. But one of the more interesting solutions to adding a little bit of color or a little bit of art is going to be just like you can wrap a phone in vinyl, just like you can wrap your car in vinyl, mm-hmm. you can wrap an entire wall with the windows and doors cut out in vinyl too. And so we're sort of working on some drafts of what that might look like, but that that could actually be super cool. And the bonus is it would be wrapped by the same couple guys who wrapped my car hmm. because they're so good at wrapping yeah, large yeah, surfaces, yeah. I guess it just translates well. So that's pretty exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, you sent a couple mock-ups um it looked really cool. And actually the first question I had was this must be like a wrap or something because it seems way too intricate to, to be a, a painting kind of thing. But yeah, I know we also have, we've talked to at least one artist to potentially come and do some sort of mural in there. And we have a lot of really cool ideas for kind of turning the space into like a really, really visually pleasing. Like the last studio space was visually pleasing and all the stuff we put in the middle but i feel like we didn't do anything to the outskirts of it and the walls yeah like hung some shelves so we have a clean slate here that i think is gonna really really come out once all of this is done being said here's what i'll say i've i've explained it a couple ways to some people but when you're setting up a space like this that is a video studio it is actually surprisingly easy to just make a place look good but that might not sound good Mm-hmm. And it's it's also pretty easy to make a place sound good, but that place won't necessarily look good. Oh, yeah. So the challenge is to have a good looking and good sounding space. And then, you know, you mm-hmm. fill in all the, in- the insides and make it a, a productive work environment and a, a dream high tech video studio and all that stuff comes after. But yeah, the, the foundation of it is making it look good and sound good at the same time. And then building into that. So that's that's where we're at with that. Yeah. Uh, quick question, though. Have you attempted to move the robot yet? <laughs> or have I you have thought not. I, I've thought about it, but it's it's definitely going to be one of the last things, I think, right. when I have help with it. Like that, right now, if you picture the, the Studio A right now, mm-hmm. Studio A is completely empty except the following things. My Wait, original can I guess? desk. Oh, okay, never. Your okay, desk is well, still up there. Wait, yeah, so, my desk my is next, still there. My next guess would be the phone slash camera cabinet. Yes, the, okay. ge- the main gear cabinet is still there. So then I'm guessing possibly the other cabinet as well, even though that had way less stuff in it. But just those cabinets are tough. It's would even they? bigger. The gear the gear cabinet was six feet tall or seven, and uh-huh. the second cabinet was eight feet tall. Oh, jeez. Um, other than that, from what I've seen, you've like. I haven't seen everything you've done, but the other larger items I know you've taken out. So I can't imagine much more is in there. The only thing left in there is the dream desk. Oh, of course. Man, we haven't really used the dream desk in a while. I, I sadly, yeah, we got to get it down to the space sometimes. Uh, yeah. Getting that down is going to be tough, man. You're not slipping that on top of that wheelie desk that you have and moving it anywhere. It's tough because it, it's got to go. It, I think it's got to be sideways. So there's there's some things that I think we'll we'll have to move as a team when we eventually yeah. get the opportunity to work together in one place again. Uh-huh. Also, actually, I'm not going to give that away. There's another there's another update, but you guys will just have to wait and see that. So okay, cool, sounds yeah. good. <laughs> uh, awesome. Cool. Uh, do you have any content you liked this week or the last Ooh. two weeks? 
Um, honestly, not in particular. Like I've You've listened been to much a couple. Busier than yet. Yeah, man. I've listened to a, some some new podcasts. There's mm-hmm. a reply all, but it was just a, a recap of two previous episodes. So I've listened to it while driving into the studio. But okay. really, most of my time staying sane has been spent going up and down the elevators and pushing things forward and backward through the hallway. So yeah, that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. Um, I mean, John Oliver had a new coronavirus update. That's, I feel like I'm going to mention that every time he does it because it's just extremely well formed. I think my only, oh, actually I've started playing a new game when I watch John Oliver and I know you watch a lot of him too. So I want you to think about this next time you watch him. Okay. Watch his videos and there's always a part somewhere in the beginning or middle that he then references at all the way at the end. He always like brings some part from the beginning and puts oh, it yeah. back at the end. So my new game is, as I'm watching, I think of the really funny thing that happened in the middle, and I go, that's, that's the clip I'm going to see at the end again. 100%. Yeah, that's like the structure of the show. Actually, mm-hmm. that's a big structure for a lot of comedy bits is like, They'll do something at the beginning of the show and then the last line or the last yeah, bit yeah, yeah. Of, of the closing wrap up is a reference to something that happened earlier that's that sort of ties it all together. Yeah, uh, so yeah I know. I really like that show. Game, so yeah. that's that's a good one. He's great. Yeah. He um, also has got to be the best home setup, even though it's just a completely white wall, like seeing some of these late night hosts and their setups, it's I mean, like. They're all doing it from like iPhones. We've seen some. I, I linked you one today. I think it was like a David Spade interview where they all had this weird like video background blur going on and it just looked Yeah, you terrible. know, that's something I've I've been thinking about. Like now that I'm seeing all of these shows that are typically in studios or like really well produced, I'll see them or even the new show, John Krasinski's like good news mm-hmm. show, which I'm pretty sure is shot on an iPhone. Um, I'm like imagining now like the behind the scenes of how these things get made. Or even, you know, the some of the YouTube stuff we typically watch that's made in a studio, you can now see being made at home and you can sort of visualize the new setups of it. Um, maybe that's just my brain because every time I watch something, I'm thinking about how it's made instead of just watching it like a normal person. But that's that's definitely something I'm noticing. Do you, do you know what would be really sick? That This would be such a sweet video for our channel because we do studio tours, but like, Man, maybe we can get the get the help of our listeners to start tagging some people. But how sick would it be if we could get a couple of those hosts or whatever to just do like a quick little video tour of their setup? Like, I would love to see John John Krasinski's what is it? Some good news. I'd love Stephen Colbert yeah. has a really great setup. Um, I think the only thing I noticed recently is that he must set it up with his light and not realize how much he moves his head because the light reflection in his eyes. Like you can see the big softbox he has set up behind, oh, and it's man. just this like giant square in his glasses. See, that would distract um, me for the whole video. It yeah. did. It did. Um, other than that, I think uh, Stephen Colbert's got one of the best setups out there right now. Um, but like, man, it would be really sick if somehow we could get in touch. Why, if we could get in touch with some of these talk show hosts and they could just turn the camera around and and show us yeah. what they're shooting with and and be able to show everybody like. These are primetime video people or video productions that are now being shot, most likely with an iPhone or some sort of phone and being broadcast. But then it also, a lot of it is also like a big reminder that if the content is still good, then the Mm -hmm. gear doesn't really matter as much. It's it's kind of fun, obviously, to shoot with high-end gear. Hello, yeah, that's what I've been course. doing. <laughs> but like when you when you get down to it and everyone's quality takes a takes a sideways leap and you're still just kind of watching for the content, then you can really just appreciate 
that that's what they're really good at. So yeah, that's fun too. For sure. Um, um, yeah. I do have one other video. Um, unfortunately, you are not going to be interested about this like at all, probably. <laughs> um, all right. Because it's it. about coffee. <laughs> it's about coffee. I know you're not uh, a big yeah. coffee fan. Um, ever since Peter McKinnon came to the studio a few years ago and like gave me a bunch of tips on how to start up a good coffee Reg, like home brewing regimen i've been completely hooked i think it's because i like cooking so much it's kind of similar to cooking like you have all these different recipes and and temperatures and ways to to make coffee but uh if everybody's at home and they don't have a good cup of coffee because they're not going out to a coffee shop there's a channel called james hoffman and he makes really really in-depth and pretty well shot for a pretty simple setup um of just like every type of brewing method you could ever think of and like the best ways of doing all of it um i'm just gonna link one in the show notes it's based on his v60 tutorial which is like a pour over method it's only like the whole brewing method's like 20 bucks on amazon so it's pretty cheap easy warning everybody's at home and can spend i spent like the first week in quarantine just like perfecting a cup of coffee because i would just make it and if it wasn't good i would just make another cup and do that and then go bananas because I had too much caffeine. But um, nice. yeah, James Hoffman, really cool video if you want a cup of coffee. But now back to something you're interested in. Uh, well, we got a bunch. We got a bunch of announcements to go over. That's I think the meat of the show this week. So let's take mm-hmm. a quick break and come back and talk about uh, OnePlus Eight, OnePlus Eight Pro, and then of course the new iPhone SE and uh, some other quick announcements. So we'll be right back. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, welcome back. Let's get into the tech of uh, the past week. Just the last week of, of April, we've seen some interesting stuff. We have Apple, we have OnePlus 8, we have OnePlus 8 Pro. Where should we start? Let's do a, let's do 8 Pro because that's what you made a video on and that's what I've gotten to see the most of so far. True, that's the first. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm holding it up. We have a Zoom call going so I can show you the yeah. camera. This is the phone, but you saw the video. The mm-hmm. very, very matte blue phone. OnePlus announced both of their new phones, the 8 and the 8 Pro, but the 8 Pro is really, as I said in the title of the review, just a straight-up flagship now. And that comes with all the flagship like fittings and trimmings, but also a flagship price. Mm -hmm. And that's got a lot of people's feathers ruffled, but we're looking at Snapdragon 865, 8 or 12 gigs of RAM, a 6.78-inch, and that's a big uh, screen. It's bigger than my iPhone 11 Pro Max. Um, 6.78 inch, 120 hertz, 
AMOLED display, 240 hertz touch sense refresh, uh, wireless charging for the first time in, I guess, ever in a OnePlus phone, mm-hmm. um, an IP68 official rating, again, for the first time huge, in a yeah. OnePlus phone. And w- they've always talked about, like, oh, you know, we've tested it, but we don't Pretty pay for are, the official yeah. certification. Um, now it's there. And it's got a quad camera set up on the back, a 48 megapixel main camera, 48 megapixel ultra wide camera, and then you got a 4,510 milliamp hour battery. The starting price, $899. So I'm curious, did you have any like initial reactions? Did you watch the event? Did you see the price at the end when they unveiled it? What do you think? Uh, I missed the event, but I I've, I saw your video, obviously, and, and watched some other videos and just read up on it. And I mean, first thing... First thing you also see in you see in comments, and the first thing that caught my eye is the price. Like OnePlus is always main compliment or criticism is price, right? Like mm. that's pretty safe to say, right? So yeah. seeing a OnePlus phone coming in to nine hundred dollars or even a thousand dollars for the the twelve gig two fifty six version is it's different, um, <laughs> but but at the same time, like so yeah, you like you said before, it's gonna rough, ruffle feathers, people. I feel like everybody who wants a OnePlus wants it at $500, no matter which OnePlus phone it is. Yeah, right. so I guess like, we got we got a $900 phone, but we also, at the same time, got this $699 OnePlus 8. So that's always mm-hmm. in the back of my head when I'm talking about the OnePlus 8 Pro is we also did get a cheaper phone. Um, mm-hmm. But in my opinion, the OnePlus 8, the $699 one, and, you know, the review may or may not be live by the time this podcast goes up. Depends on when we publish and when this recording is done. But uh-huh. uh, it's not that special anymore. Um, and I and I think the, the line that has been running through my head is if we didn't have the OnePlus 8 Pro, the OnePlus 8 is the phone that they'd be labeling as this is our flagship killer. This is yeah. this is our undercutting the price, 699 bucks for pretty much every flagship feature i mean we'll get more into that in a second but yeah, yeah i just, just i like realized i totally to just mind. sidetracked that because then there's something even else i want to talk about but let's go let's go into the pro um yeah let's go even even with the price though um 900 like so let's go through all these prices starting at 900 and let's think about it more along the lines of the pixel 4 as it, it still is a little cheaper than some big phones out there but when we're talking yeah, about prices specs and everything it, it feels more like a an S twenty or an iPhone. Right. 10, it's it's 11. I think it's instantly gonna be compared to the Galaxy S twenty because that's another flagship that came out this year. That's yeah. the other big one that has hundred twenty hertz display and is gonna be like competing up against the iPhone and has a big camera focus. Like that's that's kind of the main one. And they are definitely undercutting that. The Galaxy S twenty yeah, sure. starts at a thousand, S twenty plus is above that, S twenty Ultra is fourteen hundred, right? So <laughs> Jeez, it I is, forgot it was it that is, high. <laughs> Exactly. It's technically undercutting those. So it is, uh, it's competitively priced, but it's also mm-hmm. coming from a, a company with a track record of being like, look how low our prices are. So that's yeah. why it's sort of, it's at odds with those two worlds that it's trying to live mm-hmm. in, competing with the flagships. But from what I've used of the phone, it, it does compete well with pretty much every feature par, you know, one-to-one with all the things that I look forward to in a phone to use every day. Oh, yeah. Um, the two things that you you most hear about that are new, the IP68 water resistance, you know, I don't necessarily dunk my phone in water to test that, but I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear it's there. You know, I've, I actually did that with the OnePlus 7 Pro, but it makes you feel safe. I think carrying it around, like 
I'm at this point. It's another one of those things where I'm just like, yeah, my phone has this and I feel really good about having it. And maybe I don't use it that often. But when I'm looking at a new phone, I'm like, oh, man, that makes me feel so much better knowing that if I, you know, drop it in the toilet or something. Like everyone talks about dunking it in the water or like going out in the rain or like dropping it in the beach. Like, let's be real. I'm sure the main way people destroy their phone because of water is because they're a moron and they're using it when they're going to the bathroom and they drop it in the toilet. <laughs> I bet you that is way more common than you'd think. I, I family members who have done it um, wow. and have ruined their phones, it's out there. It's dangerous. Now you don't have to worry about it. Now you <laughs> just have to worry pr- about the sanitary right. part about it. Exactly. But for me, it is actually going out in the rain. Like I, I go out yeah. and I'll, this, ha- this happened a lot in like, you know, maybe a lot more in college when I walked to class every day, but I'd just be walking and having water IP68 headphones in was such mm-hmm. a big deal for me. And having an IP68 phone that I could just take out, like, you know, text someone back and like wipe the water off the screen and put it back in my pocket and not really worry too much. That was actually kind of a, a big deal for me anyway. Um, but the other, you know, small change we noticed on this, both of these phones is the selfie camera moved up to the inside of the screen, so mm-hmm. it's a hole punch cut out in the top left corner. Um, and besides you, the camera quality being not that great, that also, I think, helps with that official IP68 water resistance sure. rating. Yeah. Um, I think my main question that I have been unable to answer so far is, how much does this really cost the user? Because they've always said, we're passing the savings along to you, right? We do all the yeah. testing, we submerge it, we have these seals on the phone. We know it would survive, but it's not officially IP68 water resistant tested because this independent testing and certification costs money and we pass those mm-hmm. savings on to you. Now that they've come out with a $900 phone, which is $200 plus more than last year, and it's kind of still in line with flagship features, you just added wireless charging and a hole punch camera and IP68, how much does that cost? That's gotta so be you're, more than I think. Are you are you saying like, say they didn't get the certification, if that was a straight monetary value, like how many dollars would it knock off the final price? Yeah, dollars to cost per user? Unit. I would love to know. I would almost argue that, I think the, I would say the wireless charging probably is putting way more of an end user cost onto the phone. And then in terms of the IP68 rating, my guess would be they landed somewhere that was close enough to a rounded up number that they were like, all right, if this phone is $870 or $900, everyone's going to say it's $900 either way. So, right. so we might should as just well pay put the $20 for it because card in there. Especially in the sense of the fact that like we are going, this is like, we are not in flagship killer category. We are in flagship category and we want to be compared to the other flagships and they have this rating. We need to have this rating. No matter how many times you tell people specs don't matter, people watch specs and every time you can just check one more little box on that, it makes you look that much more impressive. Specs and price, yeah. I just, I know they're not pricing these phones at cost, right? They have a cost for it. Yeah, It's total cost of parts and labor to put it all together, ship it, package it, get it out the door. And then they add on top of that their own margins, their own profits. Mm-hmm. So how much, I'm thinking like if wireless, char- if IP68, because I don't think wireless charging is that expensive. I think you add the coil and you sort of make sure the glass is thin enough and you're good. I might be wrong about that, but I'd have to talk to some people. I feel I'd like say, the IP the rating. R&D also probably is. Definitely, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, just to get it, you know, fit in the phone right and everything. But, you know, if it's 20 bucks per unit, which seems, for seems high charging. to me for IP68. Yeah, okay. That's I was looking around like $30 a unit. So that's why. That I mean, yeah. and that's just like a totally pulled out of the air. Like, I have, I no, have idea. no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but like a certification's got to be. How many like how many units do we think we're selling? Do you think there's any chance a certification is over a million dollars? Uh, I don't know. I, I I mean I I would love to talk to someone who's like signing these contracts and actually getting these things approved. Maybe I should try to you know interview you know Carl or Pete from OnePlus or about why they didn't include it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they would say that that cost is the answer or if they would say the actual unit cost that they pay for that. But maybe it's maybe it's confidential. Maybe they can't even. Maybe they're not allowed. Yeah, to say they it. they probably can't but, talk about stuff like that. But I mean, so like if you think about it as if we're saying it's twenty bucks, if they sell fifty thousand units. That was, that means the certification was a million dollars. So I feel like yeah. twenty bucks isn't. They're definitely selling more than fifty thousand units, right? Yeah, yeah, they're selling ideally millions. Yeah, so, so it's, uh, that's a. It's really interesting. I don't. I don't, I don't yeah, that's I one feel of the like question marks for me. So I feel like it all, almost makes me wonder more of, is it that big of a? I mean, they're also OnePlus has grown so much, so now they can they can look at a certification like that and know they're selling so many more units based on because now they're in carrier stores and stuff like that where the cost of a certification isn't increasing the yeah. final end user cost quite as much. Uh, yeah, there's way more variables that, to that than uh, I thought about even two minutes ago when you asked me that question. <laughs> but Just uh, in general, the the process of making a smartphone, from what I've seen behind the scenes, and I think we all know this, it's really just a series of trade-offs and decisions you have to make to decide to make the phone. Like I'll make a video maybe almost every year now about what my dream phone would be. And I'm like, yeah, you gotta put the highest end specs, get that 120 hertz display in there, get a 5,000 milliamp hour battery, fast wireless charging, fast wired charging, best cameras, best software, put everything in the phone. If you if you actually made the phone that I would want as you know the ideal phone, that phone would be you know easily Easily one of the most expensive phones. I mm-hmm. let's go fifteen hundred bucks just to like get that phone to me. Yeah. Um, and these a lot of these companies' decisions are also space constrained and resource constrained. So you know when you say I want a five thousand milliamp hour battery, but you also say you want fast charging. Sometimes the chemistry necessary to fit a five thousand milliamp hour battery in a phone like this is also not. <laughs> ideal for fast charging and you you add Mm -hmm. extra thickness and then cooling becomes a problem so do you add more hardware for cooling and then now that you've added for cooling now you've added thickness to the phone so do you add even like all these things add up as decisions so it's like every time you pull a lever another three levers move and then you pull another lever and another three levers over here move so i kind of wonder if oneplus added wireless charging ip68 water resistance was that just like a couple other levers moved and they're like, you know what, this is a $900 phone now? Or is this all part of the part of the evil plan where they were like, we're going to make the most expensive mm-hmm. phone we've ever made? Although I think last year the OnePlus 7T Pro McLaren edition was 900 bucks. But either way, it, there, there's a lot of questions uh, about price. I usually don't talk about price as much in phones, actually. Um, I think this is I the just perfect company. for what they are. Yeah, this is a, a company, though, that has built a huge fan base based on price so it's yeah it's pretty like apparent that its users are very price is a huge factor and they've just been known for that so it's a little weird seeing this i think you tweeted earlier like 
we are in a year right now where Apple just released a phone that is cheaper than every single OnePlus phone released this year, and that's just something you yeah. never expect to hear. I mean, that's that's just a totally another thing. We'll talk about the SE later. Um, it's hard to really yeah. compare those two, but I mean, price is a big is a big deal, and I, I think know, really but, the reason the reason that that those feathers were ruffled so much is because when you look at each company's fan base, like you look at Samsung's fan base, you know what they're getting into. It's it's a lot of beginners with Android. It's a lot of power users with the S-series. With OnePlus, that is potentially the most price-sensitive fan group you can have. If, you, if you're running OnePlus, you know that your fans have been built on, ooh, I know I can get the same for less by going to OnePlus. Like that's it's, what they're there for. There's plenty, and, so and it's not just one, like, there are other companies, think of AMD, like in the PC building process, like mm-hmm. they're a company that's always been, you're getting bang for your buck, you're going to compete against other more expensive components and competition, but you are going to pay less money for it because you're an enthusiast, you just don't have the money to be a, a total enthusiast at the highest of levels, but we can make you feel like that for cheaper. It's It kind of reminds good- me of the car world where... Hyundai, when you think of Hyundai, you know, they're obviously a bang for the buck brand. A lot of people will go get their first car will be Hyundai. It's reliable. You're going to you're going to drive a lot of miles in it. This isn't a luxury car. It's a Hyundai. When Hyundai wanted to make $60,000, $70,000 luxury cars, they completely removed the Hyundai mm-hmm. brand from it and they started a new basically company called Genesis. And now you see Genesis cars driving around you know, with the new badge on them and chauffeuring and their Uber Blacks and everything. But that's made by basically the same exact company. Uh, you wouldn't have bought that if it was a Hyundai. <laughs> so there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a different sort of thing in the phone world where uh, I guess if you're, you're Xiaomi and Poco, you can kind of do that. But OnePlus isn't starting any new companies. They're just, uh, they're just OnePlus through and through. So we're getting the most mm-hmm. expensive OnePlus phone yet. Um, maybe that's a good segue to the OnePlus 8 because that is closer to what i guess you would expect from oneplus can real quick before we hop to oneplus eight can we just talk about wireless charging a little more because that's like what i'm easily the most excited about here um well you've used this is like wireless charging for a while yeah and i've said i wouldn't switch to a oneplus until i got it and now it got it and i'm super excited i even forgot that they didn't even i like knew they were pretty good in water and they didn't have the rating but seeing the rating now like makes me even more excited um so we have wireless charging, finally. Uh, I think literally last podcast, I must have s- said that I wanted it because I got a million tweets from people saying, like, looks like you have no excuse not to use OnePlus now and, and all these yeah. things coming in. So uh, OnePlus 8 Pro looks amazing. I would love that phone. Um, and wireless charging, and not only wireless charging, but 30-watt wireless charging, which, okay, so I, I think we can address how, like, so many people have been on OnePlus's case for not including wireless charging. Do you think at this point it was more to do with cost to the end user or do you think it had more to do with warp charging is our shtick? We love really fast charging. Before we put wireless charging in, we want it to be something that fits with the warp charging brand. Okay. I think if you asked OnePlus that question, because I did, okay, <laughs> they would say... Uh, they did not include wireless charging because their whole mantra, if you've noticed, is fast and smooth, fast and smooth. 
Mm-hmm. And so everything that they do with their phones, every trade-off they make, every lever they pull is with the goal of fast and smooth. And that's why they've done Warp Charge 30, Warp Charge 30T. And they'll say, we didn't include wireless charging because, you know, it's just not fast enough. Yeah. Um, it's just not good enough for our users. And I will say <laughs> that's their version of an excuse for mm-hmm. one of the trade-offs that they made. That, you know, they, they've made trade-offs in the past. They had no NFC in their phones for a couple of years before people went, hey, I know you're trying to save us money, but like NFC would be nice. But, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on. We kind of want that. So they finally put NFC in their phones. What was their reason for it? They didn't really have one. They were just making trade-offs. Um, so I think wireless charging was just one of the trade-offs that they felt wasn't really that important. But now that, you know, every iPhone basically has wireless charging, every Samsung, everything has like, wireless charging. almost yeah. everything now has a glass back anyway, just go ahead and put wireless charging in it. So their shtick now is finally, all right, we've caved, we've put wireless charging in our phones, and we've made it fast. And I love that. But I'm sure you've seen the little bit of a snag with the wireless charging oh, yeah, yeah. at 30 watts, which is you need to use literally their exact, it's $70 actually, their exact $70 mm-hmm. wireless charging stand, which is got a little fan in it and it's got some optimized software in the phone that's talking to the stand um it's pretty nice and i like that it charges fast but it does generate a little bit of heat when you use it for a while i've noticed that okay and also the annoying part is the the brick Mm -hmm. is permanently attached to the cable and that cable is permanently attached to the stand so you can't like loop it through like oh, the like grommet in your desk place or something. Oh yeah, yeah. It's that's kind of annoying. Huh. I my hunch is they've done that for compatibility, where like if they know they have to get all these certain things right to get Warp Charge Thirty Two to work with the fan and the, the right pad and everything, they probably just don't want people plugging in a random brick to it and getting mad that it yeah, doesn't go yeah. at thirty watts. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is still kind of annoying that <laughs> you you only have that one wireless charger. Um, otherwise it will universally charge at five watts or 10 watts with some compatible chargers um i just i just pop it on my pixel stand at night and it charges up overnight i wake that's up that's what i was gonna say like no problem because i always said like you're not into wireless charging until you have a wireless charging stand at the main you know your main points of contact in the day and i was like oh man 70 bucks and i'm gonna have to replace all my wireless chargers but i don't need fast charging at night because i'm sleeping I don't think right. I need it at my desk at home because by the time I'm usually sitting on my desk at home, I'm like playing games or something. It's towards the end of the night. I mostly just prop it up on that because it faces it towards me and I just yeah. like how it stands like that. So I think the only place I would really get it is at my work desk where like, you know, if it was a shoot day and we're running outside and shooting all day and then coming in for lunch, I can just toss it on there for lunch. Then we go back out and shoot and I'm topped off completely. So yeah. You probably only really need to replace one and you really don't have to replace any of them if you're in a good spot where um, it would be sweet if somehow they made, um, we're seeing a lot of like car wireless mounts now. Um, oh, I know yeah. you have, you have a Tesla, so you have it down in your little like tray where I it don't. is. Oh, you I don't. don't. Only Model 3 has it. Oh, only okay. Model 3. Okay, so and anyone why? with a 3 probably doesn't have to worry about that, but they are doing the like the clip-in ones that you can do and the charging like stand has the wire and instead and it's wire so if they had a one plus one like that that would be sick because the car is the best place to just like have it top off really quick but uh i guess i could also see accessory idea yeah heat could be a problem with that though because when i'm running spotify and gps 
at the same time my phone can, and and not only that but sitting up on the front of the dash where the sun's just beating in it gets hot the greenhouse so, yeah that's true yeah that that actually sounds like a terrible idea so just kidding. <laughs> either way uh i'm glad it finally has wireless charging so i don't have that like oh crap moment when i'm like low on battery and i just have the wireless charger right there and i gotta go find it so mm-hmm. you know that's good to see um also just in general i don't think there's another phone with exact feature parity of the OnePlus 8 Pro that's that price or lower. Like the, if I go 120 hertz display, uh, 4,500 milliamp hour battery at least, um, we go wireless charging, IP68, 6, 8, 12, whatever, how how many gigs of RAM you want, UFS 3.0 storage. Like by the time you put all those things, you check all those boxes, you're looking at maybe three, four phones, right? Galaxy S20 and S20 Plus. Um, Yeah, I'd say the like, the big Gaming other spec phones. thing, yeah, like ROG phone, but I think that's missing. What that that did not have wireless charging, right? I uh, don't ROG think phone that does did. not have wireless charging. And it does not have fast not, charging, okay. and it has lesser and and worse cameras. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Although actually, the camera did pretty well in the uh, or it got knocked out first round, but it took on the reigning champion and oh, had the closest he, matchup. I keep forgetting. I just always assume it as a terrible camera, but like, it, it is pretty really bad well though for how poorly it did. It did, it did it pretty good, good subject, in the blind guess, test. Yeah. It got a, it kicked out a good photo that one time, but generally, that dual camera setup is not something I'd consider a flagship level uh, okay. camera setup. Also, people were questioning my language about that it's a flagship level camera. By flagship level, I mean on par with the other flagships. Like it's it's Galaxy S20 level, it's Huawei P40 mm-hmm. level, and it's worse than the absolute primo best ones, which are the iPhone 11 Pro and the Pixel 4, which yeah. all the other flagships also fall below those two. So anyway, that's OnePlus 8 Pro. Um, I'm holding up to the camera the OnePlus 8 right now. What Are you getting Winding. a sense of the color yeah. of this phone? <laughs> this um, phone... It's actually oh colors... God kind of hard to tell uh, we're also in a zoom call so it's not the best ever but it is just like mirror i'm getting purple i'm getting orange i'm getting blue but yeah the same thing is like the problem with these like mirror finishes is they look so good in like um like marketing video when there's nothing reflecting on it and there's no fingerprints it's like check out yeah, this sweet man. aura glow but right now i'm seeing it with like a bunch of window panels and like fingerprints all over it so it it's literally never, never gonna looks look that good. Yeah, I, I took it out the box and I, I looked at it for a couple seconds. I was like, "All right, it's never gonna look this good again." And then I just mm-hmm. put my hand right on the back of it, got oh. my fingerprints going because there's no way. Um, this isn't even sponsored by Dbrand, but if you accidentally got this color of the phone, you should you could probably skin that. You could probably cover that up, go a little low key. Yeah. Um, One plus eight costs six ninety nine, and this is about what I would expect from OnePlus if you were just going along with the history of OnePlus phones. In 2020, you'd be like, all right, OnePlus is going to make a phone. They're going to undercut somehow the Galaxy S20. You know, they're going to undercut the iPhone. They're going to undercut all the best phones. In fact, 699 is the starting price right now of uh, the iPhone 11. So what are they going to cut out to, to match that price? And the answer is they didn't go all the way to 120 hertz. They got 90 hertz but still a beautiful AMOLED display, uh-huh. um, still bright, still HDR10+, great colors. It's a little bit smaller, 4,300 milliamp hour battery and a 6.5 inch display. 
uh, and no IP68, no wireless charging, and a slightly worse set of cameras. This is classic OnePlus, because mm-hmm. you can imagine the review. If this is the only phone they came out with, I'd be like, well, it's a really good phone and it's 699, but the cameras aren't very good, and they've made the trade-offs, but you still get a Snapdragon 865 and 12 gigs of RAM and fast storage, and it's a high refresh rate, so, uh, you know, they've got mm-hmm. a pretty good track record of software updates, but yeah, this is this is the also phone for OnePlus. I think it's less special than it used to be. I think it's also interesting you mentioned that right now, good track record of software updates. Talk about the, like, that. I guess I haven't used Samsung in a while. Is that still a big issue for Samsung? I hated how long it took to get software updates when I was on the Note 8. For me, lately, Samsung software updates have been good up until the first Android upgrade. So, like, I'll get two, maybe three software updates, and they'll be optimized for, you know, performance and improvements to the camera and things like that, the battery life. But then they stop. And some of them in the past, you know, with One UI, have gotten that update to Android 10. But I don't know if I'd still say yet that they have a good track record with Android updates. Mm -hmm. Um, I think OnePlus is is one of the ones that does have a good software update record. Now, how many people actually care about that when buying a phone? I don't know. I would always say buy a phone based on what you're getting on day one, not with the promise of what software updates might turn it into in the future. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you know, nevertheless, a lot of people do think about software updates, including me and OnePlus has had a pretty good track record there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We were just comparing it to Samsung before. All right. Let's go back into just the regular eight. You ha- you have not done a review on. The- you haven't even done an impressions on this yet. So yeah, this and year- again, it depends on when this podcast comes up. But I think that's the next video. But uh, it's it just comes down to over and over. I'm running through my head. I'm like, this is the phone that they would have called a flagship killer if the OnePlus Eight Pro didn't exist. Just because of you know, hey, we were able to uncut undercut the price this much, six ninety nine. What a great price for a mm-hmm. higher refresh rate than the base iPhone eleven. And you get the Snapdragon A65 and all this fast storage. Like, they got pretty close there. Um, but yeah, obviously they made those trade-offs. It's also a really light phone, by the way. I Is it really like like a, a big difference between the the two? You don't have yeah, the scale. Yeah, I might have to get. I got yeah, I got to get the scale out for the video. But I think it's 180 grams, and I got to see how that compares to the others. But it is like a pretty thin and light phone. It's still not a small phone. Um, I think a lot of people because it's smaller than the 8 Pro, are calling this the smaller one. But okay. it's still, uh, like, let me Just put by this you holding it up there, it does not look that much different. It's 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 a little narrower, but a little taller than the iPhone 11 Pro Max. Okay, yeah. So no, it's, it's not, not a small, small phone. phone. No. Um, but, it, yeah, it is. it actually is pretty light. I'm going to give it I'm gonna give it that. Fame so here's the question. Good. All right, so we mentioned price before and how like OnePlus fans are very into more like a 500 to $600 price range. Um, that's what they've been known for. And, you know, we took this big step step up. So one thing that they did also, they didn't announce it, but it's on their, um, their website is they knocked down the price of the last year's OnePlus 7 Pro to $500. So if for some reason you didn't upgrade last year and you're still looking to do a big upgrade to a phone that still competes with things that are out now, like top-level phones, the OnePlus 7 Pro at $500 seems like a, a steal almost um, if you're not willing to go up to the $700, $800 range. Yeah, definitely. 
I think uh, we'll talk a lot more about price in the next segment when we come back because it's the cheapest iPhone in a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you know there's a lot, a lot of stuff to look forward to with the OnePlus 8 and 8 Pro. We'll take a quick pause and come back and talk about the iPhone that undercut them all, caught us all a little bit off guard. Maybe not. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. All right, welcome back. The year is 2020. And Apple just dropped an iPhone that severely undercuts every phone OnePlus has come out with this year. <laughs> it's a wild <laughs> time. The iPhone SE 2020, or the second gen iPhone SE was announced very recently. And this got a lot of reactions. It, any, I guess anytime Apple does anything, they get a big reaction, but this got a lot of reactions. And the more you think about it, the less reaction worthy it seems like it really is. Oh, yeah. But we can dive into it. Of course. It. Mm-hmm. So, so the phone essentially is a red, black, or white iPhone 8 body. So if you imagine, you know, the Touch ID, fingerprint reader, and the home button at the bottom, the single 12-megapixel camera on the back, and the 4.7-inch Retina HD display on the front, but with revised internal. So it's got the new guts from the iPhone 11. So you're talking a A13 Bionic CPU, mm-hmm. um, probably more RAM. Uh, and it starts at 64 gigs of storage and it'll be 18 watt fast charging capable. Uh, but the headline maker is it's 399. So 400 bucks yeah. for a new iPhone. That, that my friends is a impressive deal. I'm not going to lie. But I th- the more you think of, I mean, Apple Apple packages perfectly because the iPhone SE, you know, the phone that we all loved, that even smaller with like the rectangular like, you know, side edges and you could stand up alone on a table with the square boxy design and the speaker grill at the bottom, like that sweet phone that sold like half a billion units. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that, <laughs> no. but they're putting the name from it on a rebranded iPhone 8, like recycled parts bin phone. Uh, and it's got a you know a pretty decent list of specs that make it impressive in some ways. And I got to test this because I don't know how good the camera is going to be. Hopefully pretty good. It's IP67 water resistance. Um, it can do portrait mode on that single camera, but just on people, kind of like uh, the iPhone 8 did. Yeah. Uh, 64 gigs. You know, it's not that much storage, but again, it's only 400 bucks. So can we be mad? Um but yeah, it's basically an iPhone 8 with some new guts, and uh, it's undercut a lot of things. And it's an iPhone, which people really like. 
I mean, yeah, th- let's all be honest. That's the most important thing is that it's an iPhone. It's an iPhone yeah. that's going to be in a carrier service. And when someone goes in and says, I want your cheapest iPhone, they're finally not going to be like, well, there goes all of my money. They'll finally have yeah. it. I mean, a lot of people who are just asking for an iPhone probably won't even know the difference really between, I mean, it'll be set up next to like an an iPhone 11 that has like a bezel-less display and no home button. And that might be like, oh, this looks a little dated now, but for the yeah, most like, part, that's the I think thing. this thing's going to sell like crazy. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. I do think it's going to sell a lot, especially with that SE name on it. It's going to sell a lot because of that. But I also think like when the average person walks into a store and they see the iPhone 11 Pro next to the iPhone SE, basically as far as feature differences, because iOS is the same, as far as feature mm-hmm. differences, they're looking at like a phone with touch ID and some thicker bezels and no face unlock is 400 bucks. And basically the same phone next to it, a little bit bigger with bezel-less and, and a big notch and no touch ID is a thousand bucks. I know that's not the whole comparison to the story, but like that's a, oh, yeah. that's a big statement to make. So that $400 iPhone looks really tempting for a lot of people. There's also, you know, people have mentioned on Twitter, good phone for a kid. If you don't want to spend a thousand dollars on a new iPhone for them, a good phone for your parents, if they're. They're in iOS and their old iPhone's getting kind of old. Their iPhone 6, you know, their iPhone 6S is getting kind of old. This new iPhone SE oh, is yeah. an upgrade in a lot of ways for, for them. For sure. I um, know somebody, so, yeah. like, our our friend Grover just bought an, he bought an iPhone 10S recently, and mm. his biggest complaint is that none of the iPhones are small. Like, his, I think he came off of a 5 or a 6, and he loved just having to have one hand can reach everything, no problem, no, like, far-reaching, so... I almost feel bad that this came out months after he just bought an iPhone XS, which he still thinks yeah. is too big. So, like, people just want I something mean, that's small also. Like, it it's going to fit in a lot of really great categories. And, like you said, $400 is going to just sell like hotcakes. Even the the 128-gig version is only another 50 bucks. 50 bucks um, for the upgrade, that yeah. seems That seems like the best deal, honestly. Double your storage capacity for an extra 50 bucks. You're still under yeah. the the 500 mark and i'm sure with like a carrier and monthly payments that's like unnoticeable almost so here's my question here's Mm -hmm. here's the big question for 2020 is this iphone se and you can't cheat and say both more likely to win best compact phone of the year or best budget phone of the year the 400 dollar 4.7 inch a13 bionic iphone is it more uh, i mean okay if i had to bet right now i bet there is a much higher chance that a good phone comes out at a budget worthy price than there is another phone that comes out at that size pretty much like we don't see phones you're talking about we were just talking about the OnePlus 8 pro which is probably like 60 percent bigger than what this phone is like phones just don't come out small anymore compact phone has always been probably Mm. the least competitive category in our our smartphone awards so if i want to break this down and make this question not fun anymore i think it's a lock for compact phone (laughs) just because Uh, nobody else makes small phones like that that's fair i was actually gonna you swayed me because i was gonna say (laughs) i was gonna say this phone is a lock for budget phone of the year because 
$399 is definitively budget because what price did Pixel 3a launch at oh, last man, year? You shouldn't have said $399. <laughs> I know, but like it's obviously Pixel 3a was like is the a phone everyone loved. Yeah, it was yeah. three. It was that was like a, a great launch price for clearly the best camera. But now here comes Apple with potentially a a very similar camera for but, $399. But with the better processor, because let's not forget that the the Pixel 3a yeah. had a much worse processor on it. Yeah, so I think you could sway me because I think there are going to be other phones coming out at three ninety nine this year that may oh, you really? know, have other interesting. Oh yeah, yeah obviously. Um, I mean, Pixel four A might be coming, but we're also just generally mm-hmm. looking at that being a more competitive space right now. There's other. There's gonna. There's yeah, gonna be others sure. that have other features that will one up the iPhone. Like there's gonna be three ninety nine phones with a hundred twenty hertz screen. You might want that. There's gonna be three ninety nine phones with huge batteries. Maybe you want that one. Maybe you I want mean, the 399 yeah. phone with, you know, a high-res AMOLED. Um, and we haven't seen the, the Pocophone F2 yet. We saw the X2 with still hints of potentially an, an F2 as the predecessor to the original Pocophone that we all love. So, like, that's awesome, another yeah. one more spec-wise. But I think seeing, I feel like this iPhone SE basically looked Google straight in the eye and said, hey, we saw, I mean, hey, you did really, really well with, a cheap phone that has a great camera here is our cheap phone with our great camera, but top of the line processor where you just like completely. Yeah. That's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So So I I don't know. It's to me, that looks like a better deal than the, the three a or, or what potentially will be the four a, if it follows the same footsteps as the three a. So this, I think, you know, you could probably argue either way that it's more of a lock for best budget phone or more of a lock for best compact phone. But I think your argument of how many other flagships at this size are we going to see will probably hold up for the rest of the year. But that being said, if I do, if I do consider this a budget phone alongside Pixel 3a at 399, how low do you have to go? Like maybe the question is, what is a budget smartphone price? Uh-huh. How high is it? How low is it? Is there a bracket you have to fit into? And is the iPhone a default, like, top two budget phone? I think it's, like, that is such a hard question because obviously price is always based on, um, like, it's all relevant to who the person is that, like, what is their budget and then what is cheaper than their budget and what is considered budget to them. It's something that we get comments on literally every single time we ever talk about price um and i don't think it just has to do with budget i think it's budget mid-range and premium and now we're like people are mad that we're calling phones premium when they're fourteen hundred dollars so that's like luxury but um see when i think about what happened budget hmm? okay good when i think about budget like if i wanted to think of really like the lowest amount of money that i'd want to pay that's like still giving me really good specs like 250 seems like the rock bottom of like i'm buying a new phone and this is but i i still wouldn't consider that budget i think 250 to i agree with you 400 is probably that's a really good bracket range where like i'm buying this phone new and i expect it to do some things that new phones do if i'm going under 250 i would rather just look for a used phone that used to be good because any phone under 250 I feel like is just if you're buying that yeah new, it's probably not worth it see what happened was it used to be that the highest end best phones were like 579 yeah <laughs> like 650 
were like the that's, really high. We just end don't ones. live in that world anymore. Exactly. I remember those days pretty well when I was in college. I was like, wow, we're getting kind of crazy. Six fifty nine for a phone. Are you guys kidding me? Now it's like double that as an appropriate base price for the for the S20 Ultra. Like it it's stratified so much that now the highest end being so expensive has allowed this new like middle tier to form where like you could kind of put the OnePlus 8 at 699 in there. You could kind of put the iPhone 11 at 699 in there. Like it's a weird, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if I can call it mid-range or like premium mid-range, ultra mid-range. How about that? The ultra mid-range uh, is a whole new category that we got from that. But yeah, I, I think I would agree like as far as budget, I would say you can you can go from 250, I'll I'll say that's fair, all the way up to like budget. Mm. It, again, it is relative, so I'm going to say 500 because because of OnePlus 7T, phones like that last year were like it was so good at 500 that you didn't have a reason to buy the $700 one, so it felt mm-hmm. air quotes budget. Yeah, I feel like that's also the heart like sorry to cut you off in your train of thought, but like Budget also can be seen of as like if your OnePlus's goal is to be flagship levels at a cheaper price. So is is it like OnePlus is a budget flagship, whereas other phones are just budget phones? Like OnePlus, it was like you were you were uh, aware of your budget to try and get something at a higher price. Therefore, if I just call it a budget phone, some people might be like, "Well, that's not in my budget at all." But for other people, it might be like all right, I want that top of the line, but I'm saving $200 off of the next thing that has specs similar to that. It's Yeah, it's, it comes you, down to feature parity. You've opened up a can parody. of worms with this question. Yeah, the word budget is subjective. Obviously, everyone has a different level that they would consider budget, but I, I, I think you're right. It comes down to feature parity where like, if you're considering you know three different phones to buy and these three phones all have the same set of features, the cheapest one is the budget one, no matter what range that was. If that was the mm-hmm. $700, $800, $900 version of the same set of features, the $700 one is the budget version. Um, so yeah, it'll come down to like what other phones are in its range. That's why like OnePlus 8 is in kind of a weird place at $699, where like now you're competing against the lowest end iPhone 11, but the yeah. highest end premium mid-range budget phones and like the best xiaomi phones and you know like there's this this weird like stretching of like between the low end and the high end where you're trying to trying to isolate and like place yourself as competitively priced but against what (laughs) it's weird it's hard to define it's really tough Uh, yeah um but i'm I'm glad we do finally actually have a $399 new iPhone. It's just so funny that, yeah. you know, putting the SE name on it got it so much more attention because we were all really waiting also, for like a new SE. I mean, yeah, that's the thing is the SE has been rumored for what, like, or not rumored, but people have wanted it really, really adamantly for like the past three years now, right? It's been potentially rumored for at least over a year and like, yeah. it's just been what, what people are talking about. So Apple just made a great move by basically, like you said, rebranding an eight putting the SC tag on it, which like downplays it maybe a little too much. It's still a great price. Like an iPhone at yeah. $400 is amazing, but at the same time, it's not I'll be honest, as hype worthy as everyone wanted. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was on a, Apple hosted a video call where they were breaking down all the information and, and giving us 
what to expect with this phone. And they did the price last, of course. So they were going through all the features and, you know, they showed the new form factor and it looks just like an iPhone 8 and we're going through it. And right before they announced the price, I, I'm usually pretty good at looking at it and guessing what I think the price mm-hmm. is going to be. I've, pro- I've nailed this with phones in the past, with Samsung phones, with OnePlus phones, Huawei. I've nailed it. Um, they got to the end of that presentation and I looked at my screen and I said, $599. Because hmm. I'm just thinking, like, what was the iPhone 8 when it came out? I don't know. Something like 600 How much? iPhone 8 launch price. I'm Googling it right now. You can probably hear me typing. How much did the iPhone 8 cost when it came out? $699 for the 64 gig iPhone 8. So take that phone, put the newest processor, the A13 Bionic in it, um, give it like the same touch ID, the same 4.7 inch screen, like nothing else is really changing much. It's just an older phone. And take that 650 phone and make it $599, maybe $549. And the fact that they went all the way down to $399 caught me off guard a little bit. I was like, wow, that's that's right in line with the rumors. I didn't think they'd go that low, but there it is. There it is. 2020 is a weird year, man. <laughs> it's, definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a weird year. Speaking of weird year Apple price stuff, um, Apple is now selling. I need, to, I need to go back to Twitter just to make sure I'm not reading this wrong because this, uh, this is right in line with talking about price when we don't usually. Apple is selling Mac Pro wheels and Mac Pro I feet saw this. It's like $699, isn't it? $700 <laughs> for the wheels. Um, you can my, buy these wheels by My themselves. favorite tweet about that was, I think Detroit Borg posted, you can now buy wheels for your Mac Pro at the same price that you can buy wheels for your car. That's actually true. Wait, oh my <laughs> God. How much are the wheels for my car? That's actually kind of, that's kind of sad. Um, so yeah, you can buy, you can buy the stainless steel feet. If you already had the wheels and they were too expensive, you can buy the literally just four stainless steel stands for 300 bucks. But the one last thing that Apple is selling is the, uh, the $300 magic keyboard stand for the iPad pro is now on sale. Uh, and 350 bucks for the bigger one. I I'm ordering it. (laughs) I'm low-key kind of excited to just see how it does. I think you and I had a very long conversation about what's good and what's bad and how we would use it. So I'm very interested to see how it gets used. I'm excited for this. I don't even own an iPad. I don't own any tablet. And I think (laughs) it's really cool. I think it's super expensive and not for everybody, but I still think it's really cool. Yeah. It's like a, a lot of people who use their iPads in places where they wish, like right now I have my iPad, I never use a keyboard with. I almost always just have it in like the, the trifold thing where it just props up and I almost always use it to just watch videos. Um, but yeah, a lot of people use iPads as like, you know, you're on the plane entertainment where you just want it to like hover. Maybe you want to answer some emails. Suddenly you want a trackpad and you just want to type and it's a productivity machine after you add this much stuff to it. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm, you I'm know definitely what? reviewing that. There's one thing I don't think it will ever replace in terms of a laptop. Um, it looks like it needs like somewhat of a hard surface to be sitting on. And Oh, how lappable is it? Yeah. Yes. Not even just la- like maybe it would be fine in your lap with your legs because you can like really set your legs up. But how many times are you like we're traveling and it's just the end of the night and you just plop your laptop on your lap while like sitting in the hotel bed? That does not look like a good position for the... Mm. So, 
Yeah, yeah that's a, thing that's the thing. You'll like, have to test that in the review. Oh, that yeah. Well, that would be a lapability section. Okay. <laughs> There's, but, like, the thing about laptops and hinges is, like, I think they're kind of underrated when you think about, all right, I have an iPad, but I want it to be my computer. What do I need? Um, I need a keyboard. So you have a laptop, or sorry, you have an iPad and you have a separate keyboard. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to keep reaching up to the screen, so I got to get a trackpad or a mouse. So you get yeah. a trackpad. Then you have an iPad sitting here, a keyboard sitting on the ground, and a trackpad sitting next to it. And you're like, wow, what if I could integrate all these things into one? So now you have your magic keyboard accessory with <laughs> the iPad sitting above the keyboard, then the keyboard and the trackpad built into one, which is so sweet. But you could just but you could just buy a you just buy a laptop <laughs> and then you just have them all built into one. Now admittedly you, you lose the touchscreen, yes. You don't get the two yeah, in you one lose if you the buy ability a Mac. to pop it off and have a just standalone tablet for when you do. Right. I think that's the which is we're just into this like so niche category of people who want a tablet that detaches and can be a tablet sometimes but can also be almost a full laptop at other times with mouse trackpad support. <laughs> we'll see. I mean yeah. maybe it'll prove us all wrong. The two-in-one world is probably either shaking at their boots or just pointing and laughing at this iPad thing. One or the other. <laughs> probably, One or probably, the other. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, I think that's about all we have for this week. Here's mm-hmm. here's some breaking news at the very end of the podcast. We're planning another episode next week and yep. another episode for the week after that. So you know what? If you're following on Twitter, if you just want to tweet some stuff at us that you want us to react to or yeah, talk about. Sure. Between now and the next episode, send us our way at Waveform, WVFRM on Twitter. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of videos ramping back up. In fact, that's sort of my pseudo promise as I finish moving into the studio space uh, is there's going to be a bunch more videos now. There's a bunch more tech coming out. There's all the stuff we talked about that's not at the studio yet. Hopefully we'll be here soon. That iPhone, that magic keyboard, all that stuff. Um, But tweet us at Waveform. If something pops up on Twitter and you just want us to react to it, just tag us. That's it. That's all you got to do. And yeah. uh, maybe it'll be uh, on the, the next podcast. We'll see who sends us some of the best new tech stuff for the next week. But yeah, that's basically it. Thanks for tuning in. This has been episode nine, I think. Is that of right? 2020, nine? yeah. Episode nine of oh, 2020. Okay, of 2020. So mm-hmm. uh, see you next week for episode 10. Thanks for listening. Waveform is brought to you in part with Studio 71, and our intro-outro music is created by Cameron Barlow. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.